Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Oh yeah, she was a murderer. Nice. I mean, that fits right in with Evil and Crystal. Nice. Mm-hmm. Evil and Crystal filed uh, false CPS claims because <laughs> she sucks. What the hell, Evil and Crystal? Yeah. It was not good. Nope. <laughs> KJ, and you're listening to the Supernatural Opinions Podcast, where some things in this world are supernatural. My pronouns are Shive, and this is the podcast where I talk to my fellow Supernatural fans about Supernatural, and we share our Supernatural opinions. Today we're recapping Season 2, Episode 7, The Usual Suspects, which originally aired on November 9th, 2006, and here let me do that are my guests of the week, Meredith, Rivera, and Moira. Meredith, remind everybody who you are. Hello, I'm Meredith. My pronouns are she and her, and as usual, I am tired. Yeah, that is that is how we are going to expect you. <laughs> we hope one day you'll be less tired, but that day has not arrived, and it's not today. <laughs> but it is not this day. <laughs> and Rivera, this is your first time on the show, so introduce yourself a little bit. Okay, hi, I'm Rivera. I use any pronouns. My TikTok is Demon Dean's Bitch. You know, just cuz. That is an awesome name. (laughs) It is awesome. And you make some great TikToks. I respect you. (laughs) And Moira, you were just here last week for the listeners. It was not last week for us. remind everyone who you are anyways so i'm moira my pronouns are she and her and i'm really excited to be back again this week's episode will contain spoilers for this episode and may reference previous episodes but will not contain spoilers for later episodes of supernatural this week's episode is titled the usual suspects and that's a reference to the 1995 film starring kevin spacey whose character roger verbal kint clint i don't know if i wrote that name down right i've never seen the movie so i can't help you <laughs> I don't know. I wrote Kint in my notes, but that seems like a I odd choice. I haven't Anyway, is a con man telling interrogators how he came to be one of two survivors of a massacre and a fire. I guess that kind of... That kind of fits. Fits this episode? Kind of tracks, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> But this week's episode was written by Catherine Humphreys and directed by Mike Roll. Humphreys wrote on season one for the episode Dead Man's Blood, and she was also the writer of the infamous Siren episode in season four, so... Oh, gosh. Mm. Yeah, good times. Both of those are fantastic episodes. Yes, very good. (laughs) And then this is the first of Mike Roll's ten times directing Supernatural. He spent about six years periodically directing Supernatural in Smallville. You know, the show loves to have a crossover with Smallville. (laughs) And some of his other work includes the princess switch movies i think there's like three of those now 12 episodes of one calls the heart and two episodes of shadow hunters the mortal instruments which i'll be honest i thought shadow hunters and the mortal instruments were two separate shows <laughs> apparently they're not <laughs> it's shadow hunters colon the mortal instruments <laughs> if you mention that show around my little sister she will get so mad because she's read the books i've heard that the books in the show do not correspond we're gonna get right into the recap i think because i have a lot of recap to get through <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we start off in Baltimore, Maryland, at a police precinct where a detective is on the phone and receiving a fax, and he's really impressed with an alias being used. And we then we see like a flash of a SWAT team at a motel, and then the detective sits down in the interrogation room, and it's revealed that the man who was already arrested is Dean Winchester, and that the SWAT team is arresting Sam. So we're high stakes right off the bat. <laughs> Yes, it is exciting. (laughs) This did kind of remind me a little bit of the intro cold open for the episode Skin in season one, which was like one season plus one episode ago, (laughs) where we saw Dean getting arrested by a SWAT team at the like opening of that. I was like, this is the vibe. (laughs) You know, I really love episodes to be like a parallel. I think so, probably. I I really love episodes where the Winchesters like do interact with the law because we're seeing them from like an an outside perspective and. 
turns out from an outside perspective they're really terrifying yeah and yeah, uh, that's a big scene this is like the first episode of this season that is really getting into that plot line of them being wanted by the police mm-hmm. it was like you know a bit of a plot line in season one and then um, you know like this really kicks off season two this is gonna be a recurring thing <laughs> <laughs> and like the police want them for several very good reasons yeah my notes sometimes don't make any sense to me i said dean suspected of another murder this is a great cold open dean's cheeks are sharp just before the title card <laughs> no that makes sense <laughs> yeah no you no, yeah that tracks. i love that description just, you know all of flaunting that those cheekbones <laughs> all of those things I have are to say, he looks so good in that episode so yeah, <laughs> he looks really good this week and then sam is with a lady detective detective diana ballard played by linda blair who became famous for her lead role as reagan mcneil in the exorcist in her early teens and that's one of the few horror movies you've actually seen yes. right <laughs> yes it is this is a very special episode everyone yeah one where i actually got <laughs> the reference there were so many references Catherine Humphreys really like I was side gooing left and right I literally have in my notes at some point in this document like she needs to stop with the references because I can't keep side gooing (laughs) (laughs) took me so long to do these notes (laughs) Sam is shocked that Dean's being held for murder which shouldn't be that shocking really shouldn't and he argues a bit about being held without charges but Detective Diana has a file to remind Sam that he was a pre-law student at freaking Stanford he knows full well that they can be held for 48 hours without being charged whoops That seems like, I don't know, like a slight flaw in the legal system, in my opinion, but it's not my legal system, so. It's, uh, it's not perfect. (laughs) I just think I was extra sensitive because this is Baltimore, Maryland, which is the same city as the infamous case from the Serial podcast, Mm -hmm. which is like one of the original big true crime podcasts about a potential wrongful conviction. True. So yeah, I feel like I was like, woo, Baltimore. (laughs) Sorry, but every time I hear anything about the American legal system, it, it does sound like a very flawed system. Oh. I don't know if there's a right answer to any legal system. It's all complicated, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As someone who's uh, pretty well acquainted with the Canadian justice system, because I studied criminal justice... for four exactly. years. Like, the little I do know about our, our justice system, it, they're all flawed. They're I was just flawed, talking about yeah. the American ones specifically. Yeah, there's some problems. Especially if you used to be, like, a colony of a European empire, there's gonna be a lot of racism. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, Winchesters. Back to Detective Diana. She has a really helpful Moving folder on. on Sam. Sam's 23 with no home, no job, and no prospects. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That is so close to me. I have a home. That's the only difference. I'm about to be 23. I have mm-hmm. a home. I have a job. I have no prospects. <laughs> there we go. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Feeling like a single woman in Jane Austen times. I have no money and no prospects. <laughs> I'm already a burden to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Sam's mom is dead and his dad is technically missing. John died in the hospital. There should really be a record of that, but apparently yeah. there isn't one. They just picked the one room where no one goes. Yeah, and like none of the doctors like took t- took any note of that. Like they were doing full like life-saving measures. They ran a full code on John Winchester. I don't know why there's no record that he's dead. This means that Sam and Dean got the dead body out of the hospital without anyone noticing. Why didn't we see that? Literally, we that saw them burning it. I want to know how they did that. Like, through the hallways and everything. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, that means they would have had to dress up and get disguises and a gurney, and we didn't get to see that. I am, I feel robbed. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> While mourning their father. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I literally wrote my notes so we don't have time to think about that too hard, but apparently we failed the time. <laughs> she says that there are reports of Dean's demise in St. Louis back in the episode Skin that were, like, quote-unquote exaggerated, because they've arrested Dean. And Sam uh-huh. was apparently a straight-A student not in john's journal he's not but i'm proud of in canon sam for his impossible full ride to stanford mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in john's journal which again is not technically canon sam got held back grade because they moved around so much <laughs> that doesn't surprise me the yeah. person who wrote that journal was actually thinking about consequences yeah i agree yeah. more than the show 
a lot of the time. They were thinking realistically. Yeah. Sam does not want to talk about Jessica, but he is happy to talk about the second largest ball of twine in the continental US. I recall that this was also referenced again in a season seven episode as something John took them to like twice as kids. Why? This is something Sam is familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that ball of twine. Weird. Take your kids. If you're going to take your kids twice to see a monument, maybe like the largest ball, not the second largest, but that's just me. Maybe pick a different monument. terrible John is, I think. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, like he just forgot that he took them the first time. Yeah. Sam's in like little like mini lawyer mode over Dean's fingerprint evidence and she's like, what will happen when we run your prints? And Sam's like, gee, I <laughs> find out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This doesn't happen to me very often. And she tries to convince Sam <laughs> to flip on Dean and that's when Sam learns that the murdered person in question is Karen Giles. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's not great because that's who they were here to help. <laughs> so the fact that she is dead and that they're accused of her murder in both news to Sam. <laughs> Sam tells Detective Diana that his dad knew Tony Giles, but really they just picked up his case from the newspaper and we go back in time to see them and Sam's hair is looking very, like, differently tousled here. It's like a whisper of the hair's future potential. It's not his <laughs> usual season two look, but it's like a, a whisper of, like, what's to come. <laughs> It's foreshadowing. <laughs> and Tony is Anthony Giles, and that might be a reference to Anthony Head, who plays Rupert Giles on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I didn't catch that. I Anthony. didn't either, but IMDb said that that was a possibility, and I choose to believe it. Valid. Sam and Dean are arguing over which of them is Mulder and which is Scully. Meredith, resident X-Files expert, which one is the Mulder and which one's the Scully? <laughs> <laughs> they share. Because they're both alternating team case and team no case, which I assume yeah. is like the X-Files equivalent of aliens are real and aliens aren't real right <laughs> oh it is yeah they they share there isn't really a clear-cut one good to know i thought we would just check in because they are very adamant that neither of them were the scully <laughs> is, is scully the believer or the non-believer scully is the non-believer she is a woman of science i love that <laughs> if, if there was like a, a motto for this show it'd be like Mulder, no <laughs> I love it. Sam and Dean then post as insurance agents to talk to Karen Giles. Giles. I don't know why I said it with a different G. <laughs> <laughs> it's to spice things up. I think it was because uh, I was getting prepared to say Keegan Connor Tracy, <laughs> which is the actress that plays Karen. This is her first appearance on Supernatural. She plays three different characters on this show. <laughs> <laughs> including Chuck's agent and random witch. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Good for her. She's also the Blue Fairy in Once Upon a Time, Belle in the Descendants franchise, a scout leader in a series of unfortunate events, and Evil Ann Crystal in Heartland, as well as a bunch of other roles. Mm -hmm. But those are all the things I've personally seen her in. <laughs> she was in an episode of Psych. Excellent. Love that there's more crossover with Psych. <laughs> oh yeah, she was a murderer. Nice. I mean, that fits <laughs> right in with Evil Ann Crystal. Nice. Mm -hmm. Evil Ann Crystal filed uh, false CPS claims because <laughs> she sucks. What the hell, Evil Ann Crystal? Yeah. It was not good. <laughs> Dean gets a little bit pushy with the anything weird line of questioning, but Karen's like, Tony had a nightmare before he died, I guess. Like, that's kind of weird. Where he saw like a woman standing over them. I think he she specified red eyes. I don't know. I, nightmares yeah, are did. weird. <laughs> Especially when they involve people staring at you. Yeah. Detective yeah. Die is like not buying that. A witness saw them breaking into Tony's office and Sam's like, well, Karen asked us to go pick up some stuff and Karen is conveniently dead and unable to fail to corroborate any of this story. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. It's a key. Yeah, of course, the key. And like, she's too dead to say like, I, these people claim to be insurance people. They, they didn't know my husband. <laughs> Whoops. Dean finds some pages in the printer. We didn't pick the log. Literally. <laughs> Dean finds some pages in the printer that say Dana Schultz over and over and over again, and the boys are going with this theory of vengeful spirit. And Dean makes a shining reference. Woohoo. Not it's not the only Dean shining reference. Dean. Yeah. It's it's the most obvious shining reference. Yeah. Sam notices the name Dana Schultz is also written on the glass desk like uh, someone had like wrote on it like a mirror, like a fogged up mirror with their finger. The boys can't find anything on Dana Schultz, and so Sam is trying to crack Tony's computer password, and Dean gets bored and just, like, starts annoying Sam, because he's got ADHD, and <laughs> he oh goes gosh. back Absolutely. to Karen's instead, because Sam's like, please just leave. <laughs> what a mood. 
And then Sam says that he went back to the motel and Detective Dana says that they knew that Sam was there because Dean had the motel matchbook in his pocket. Sam was concerned for me. He's like, Dean would never rat me out. How did you know where Literally. I was? <laughs> it's probably like the only like local matchbook, but I guarantee you Sam and Dean each have about like six to 20 like matchbooks from different motels each, mm-hmm. like 40. <laughs> Who's collecting like little bottles of shampoo? At all times, <laughs> literally. <Yeah. laughs> Sam says that Dean didn't murder Karen and that Detective Diana is like, well, Karen called 911 and she was terrified and now she's dead and your brother was there. I don't know what to tell you. That's awkward. Yeah. We then like are with Karen, I think, and we she sees a blonde woman matching the description of her husband's nightmare and she goes upstairs absolutely terrified to call for help from her bedroom and her phone disconnects. The lights start flickering and her printer starts printing out Dana Shelves over and over and over just like Tony's office. She probably note that the blonde woman looked like she had just crawled out of a grave and she was covered in blood. Yeah, she was bloody. Uh-huh. Indeed. It was pretty bad. She was scary looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's exactly what you don't want to see in your house. Yeah. Also, like, yeah. shout out to the special effects makeup people. You guys did a great yes, job. Yes, indeed. That was great. Karen gets into her closet with a flashlight and then she turns around and the ghost is like right there because ghosts don't care about closets. <laughs> 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 It's like, ah! Dean then arrives, and when Karen doesn't answer the door, he breaks in, which is bad. He finds Karen in the bedroom. Her throat is cut, just like her husband, and it's, like, pretty bad. And Mm -hmm. he picks up the paper with his bare hands, because who cares about fingerprints? And he notices some bruising on Karen's wrists, but then he's arrested, standing over her body, because, again, she'd already called 911 before, and he just arrived between that call and the Mm -hmm. actual, like, arrival of the police. I have to say, like, I understand why they thought it was him. He did... He was standing above her body holding her wrist. I yeah. would have thought it was him too. Yeah, yeah like they, they have a lot of good reasons to she suspect him. She didn't describe the person that she saw. She said there's yeah. someone in my house with no description. They get there. Mm-hmm. Dean's kicked in the front door. Like his shoe print is going to be on the door. He, mm-hmm. His fingerprints are all over the crime scene. He's standing over a dead woman. <laughs> her, her blood on his hands. Yeah, it's literally. a valid assumption, mm-hmm. I have to say. <laughs> I mean, not as much blood as there should be. I watch cop shows, but yeah, there's, there's blood there. <laughs> and then Detective Diana goes to talk to her partner, who is only getting witty remarks from Dean. And then Detective Diana is like, every detail of Sam's story matches Dean's perfectly. And I'm like, did they discuss this? Like, do they have like a backup plan on the road? Like when they're like, okay, we're going to pick this case. If, if we get arrested and someone asks who we are, this is what we're going to say? Or is it this like a general story? No, I think it's just like brother telepathy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like a game of like the freaking like newlyweds <laughs> game over here. And they're just like, what would Dean say? <laughs> <laughs> Detective Diana is concerned that if Sam doesn't flip on Dean, their evidence is mostly circumstantial. But her partner is like, Dean was at the crime scene with the body and juries have convicted for less. And like, I'm with Detective Pete on this one. Dean's in big trouble. Yeah. This does not look good. As far as circumstantial evidence goes, I don't think you could get much better. Like, mm-hmm. what, do you, what else? I mean, like, his DNA is present. Unless you have a video of someone else murdering Karen, I don't see how Dean was getting off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, our evidence is pretty yeah, circumstantial, but the circumstances were pretty damning. Yeah. <laughs> All evidence is really circumstantial if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Detective Diana says there's no motive and no murder weapon, but Detective P is like, they're gonna crack. Also, like, even if he doesn't, Dean's already accused of being a serial killer in another state. Like, we don't really need to work that hard. <laughs> Literally. Um, which is yeah, honestly way, fair. He's like... Yeah, because even if they don't convict him of of this crime, like, he's got three murders in St. Louis to answer for. Mm-hmm. And he can't get out of those. They found him at the crime scene killing the person there. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. he was, they did catch him in the act of a crime, like. <laughs> so either way. Detective Diana tells us that Detective Pete and Tony Giles were friends, but she points out that Tony was a defense lawyer and he knew a lot of criminals. Also, Detective Diana and Detective Pete are in a relationship, and I don't like that me either ew i have a lot of thoughts about about it workplace relationships and i think cops are particularly not great yeah they only work well on it tv seem like a good idea yeah it just feels really like, unsafe for the other people on your team if they don't know if you're like you know gonna make a decision based on like your own like emotional feelings about people yeah like it makes for really good like drama uh, in fiction but uh, maybe don't do it in real life any yeah. cops who listen to this <laughs> it just seems like a bad idea don't date your co-worker 
in almost any job, but specifically. Yeah, specifically this, because, mm-hmm. like, it's a pretty, like, high-risk profession in terms of, like, dangerous situations you could find yourself in. But also just, like, any job, because if you break up, then everybody you work with is uncomfortable. Like, it's just not, un- it's uncomfy. You can do it at McDonald's because everyone who works there is already pretty uncomfortable with the situation. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Dean and Sam are both trying to work out what the heck data shelves means, and they both reach the conclusion it's an anagram. I'm historically bad at anagrams, but we're also recording Same. this in March of 2022, and Wordle is very popular right now, and mm-hmm. I feel like playing that every day has helped me a lot. I also play AC Portal, the Supernatural Wordle, and I post most of my scores <laughs> for that daily on Twitter at SPN Opinions Pod, so if you want to see if you can beat me, you probably can. I usually post that. <laughs> we used to do like a word letter scramble in my English class in grade nine, and I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I usually won. You would be good at this then, this anagram <laughs> situation. I got granola bars every day. It was great. Oh yeah, I remember you did always have granola bars from that. <laughs> Sam and Dean are both really good at anagrams, but while Dean's working on his without a pen and paper, his defense lawyer, Jeff Krause, arrives. And I'm a big fan of Jeff, honestly. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. Jeff seems like a chill dude. Dean doesn't care about anything regarding his case or a trial. He just wants a pen and paper for his anagram puzzle. I love that he was working at it out in his head. Like, that is awesome. Yeah, he is so mm-hmm. smart. That scene is also great because, like, he's just trying to do his job. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, bro. I don't care. I'm also trying to do my job. Give me a pen and paper. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. I figured out that the charges were serious when they said murder and they handcuffed me to a table. Yeah. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that I'm in trouble. But also, I am a genius, so. And, like, he's still super mm-hmm. chill. Jeff Krause is like, dude, Maryland's a death penalty state. You can get the death penalty. It's worth noting that in 2013, Maryland became the 18th state to abolish the death penalty. They are no longer a death penalty state, but this was 2006, so they were. (laughs) Dean writes a note to Sam and asks the lawyer to take the note for him because obviously you can't see see Sam. Mm -hmm. Detective Diana is working at her computer on her report of like the arrest and everything when it starts to say that Dana shops over and over before it just like returns to normal. Dean's note to Sam reads, Hilts, it's a street. Underlined twice in case Sam can't read. Ashland, signed McQueen. I'll touch Mm -hmm. on this reference later. I don't have time for it right now. We'll get back to it. (laughs) Jeff tries to help Sam because Dean seems like uninterested, not going to jail or being executed. And Sam calls Jeff Matlock, which Dean had just done. I'm gonna need Catherine to chill with the references because they're all good but mm-hmm. like literally I was just like side-gooing left and right <laughs> to make sure that like when I see a reference the thing I know about the reference is actually like a thing and not something I made mm-hmm. up in my brain. I recognize Matlock at least. Matlock is a 1980s TV series about a defense attorney. And McQueen because they explain that one. Yes they do explain the McQueen one. And I've seen that movie. Detective Diana knocks on the door before Jeff can give Sam any good legal advice because Dean has announced that he'd like to confess and he needs legal representation for that which is good. Mm-hmm. It's good that they're like, oh, you want to confess? Hang on, let's go get your lawyer. Everybody has come to watch yeah. behind the glass. Like, it's like a two-way mirror and like there's like eight to ten people like jammed in the little room on the other side. <laughs> and like <laughs> people just spilling out into the hallways. Like everybody wants to hear this guy talk. They're just like, oh my gosh, the entertaining snarky man wants to confess. Let's, go- let's do this, guys. Cue the gif of Dean stating that he's an Aquarius. He likes sunsets, long walks on the beach, and frisky women my favorite Dean lines of all time. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and then he basically just like gives this room filled with cops the talk. He make, makes a Casper joke which angers Detective Pete. And he also makes another Shining reference just because, you know, Dean's full of them this week. <laughs> good job, Dean. But the reference there is actually important uh, to the thing. Uh, he, the, it's like red rum, which is murder backwards and like Dana Schultz is all messed up. It's an anagram because ghosts sometimes get confused. Which happens, you know, it's fair. Yeah, Detective Diana is visibly spooked by the Reveal of the Dana Shelps anagram because again she already saw that on her computer. Dean gets handcuffed again, and this is when it's revealed that Sam has broken out of a second floor window with no fire escape. As you might recall from Shadow, the boys do have phenomenal upper butt strength. But considering <laughs> that Sam's in a cast, this is really impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very happy for him. I've never gotten over uh, Shadow. Like literally, just like the boys like calling themselves up an elevator shaft seven like stories. <laughs> Like, it's not good a big deal. Sammy. <laughs> and then just holding themselves there. So, well, Sam... <laughs> Sam's also, like, 12 feet tall, so, like... True. I guess, yeah, the second <laughs> floor is a big us. drop. He doesn't have as far to climb. His body's already <laughs> half of it. I feel like Sam has very strong ankles. <laughs> like, he could just pull, like, a Ted Bundy and just, like, drop mm-hmm. out of this, like, second floor window. <laughs> oh, goodness, yes. Strong ankles. <laughs> 
<laughs> I work them out every day. I mean, that's what Ted Bundy did, and it worked for him, so. Until it didn't. I mean, I mean his ankles did not temporarily, break. Temporarily, I guess. He jumped out a second floor window, his ankles did not break. That was the goal. I'd say he did okay. <laughs> I need to research Ted Bundy. Anyway, that's off topic. <laughs> Detective Diana reads the note and explains to Pete that Hiltz is the character from that Steve McQueen plays in the 1963 film The Great Escape. It got a little bit meta with this in my brain. Dean calls Sam Hiltz, who's the character, and he calls himself McQueen, who's the guy behind the character. Like, you know, he's like, you go do mm-hmm. the thing. I'm just like the behind the scenes guy. Yeah. I don't think Dean thought it through that much, but it was weird that he picked like, he didn't pick like another character <laughs> from The Great Escape. Yeah. Like he picked the character and the actor. Yeah, Steve McQueen's character didn't even, like, successfully escape. He was caught at the end. (laughs) But, like, I was just like, the actor and the character, that's weird, but, like, why wouldn't you do two characters? Or, like, two actors from that movie? Like, probably the one that everyone remembers. I guess. Steve McQueen. Maybe it's, like, a code they use or something, though? Maybe. (laughs) Uh It got the point across to Sam that he was supposed to escape. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Detective Diana then goes into the bathroom where the lights aren't working and the, like, sink starts spewing hot water causing steam and Dana Shelps appears on the mirror. When she like wipes it away she sees the ghost behind her, throat slash trying to speak. It's very scary still. The blood coming out of like the mouth and the throat is like a, a great touch. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was very disturbing. Detective Diana then goes back to Dean and asks about the ghost stuff and he refers her to Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown, which is a 33 volume set of paranormal books published between 1987 and 1991. It was slightly more scientifically rooted than the previous series Enchanted World and it also went on to break every sales record at Time Life. It was very popular. What was Enchanted World? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. World about. I think it was also about like paranormal stuff, but it was more like mystical, like story based. I think it wasn't like scientific, like study of any of that stuff. All right. I'm going to add that to my reading list. More like fictional. Yeah. Or just like. Fairies. Yeah. Yeah. Without mm-hmm. any of like the scientific. <laughs> it was like ghosts, but like just like ghost stuff, like with like theories and like mm-hmm. stories rather than like paranormal, like scientists and stuff like that. Yeah, we're not even going to pretend this is scientific. Yeah. Detective Diana asks more about vengeful spirits, and Dean notices the bruise that she has on her arm that matches the bruise that Karen Giles had. And Dean refer- Dean realizes Diana's in trouble, and he tells her that the last two people to see the ghost wound up dead, so she needs to go find Sam, and he gives up Sam's hiding space. Sam and Dean do have a contingency for when they are unwillingly separated, and that's to check in at the first motel in the Yellow Pages under the alias Jim Rockburn. Jim Rockford is James Gardner's character in The Rockford Files, a 1970s series about a private investigator recently pardoned from a wrongful conviction. Oh, cool. I didn't know that was a reference, but I should have known. I just assumed it was like a music alias, but I like Uh that it's not. Yeah. Sam is at the motel and he's really surprised when Detective Diana knocks on the door, but he examines the bruises and he's like, I don't have time for you to have a breakdown about this. No patience today. Sorry. Gotta gotta just get through this. You can have a breakdown later. Don't know if you were there, but I got arrested. It's been a long day. Yeah. He's still nice about it because he's Sam, but he's also just like, I don't have time to deal with you. Like, having an existential crisis, you need to stow that crap for later. I mean, fair. Sam has hacked into the police database to Detective Diana's horror, and she IDs the ghost as Claire Becker, who disappeared eight or nine months ago. Claire was arrested twice on heroin possession, and while Detective Diana doesn't recognize her, Diana and her partner Pete previously worked narcotics together. (laughs) So there's a good possibility that their paths did cross. Sam looks it up, finds the last location that Claire 
Claire was seen, and Sam explains the salting and burning thing. They're like, we gotta find her body so we can put her to rest. They're in some kind of basement with shelving everywhere. I wish we knew what this building was supposed to be. <laughs> it doesn't tell us. It, it doesn't. Just... They just show up. I want that many shelves. That would be awesome. Just there. Mm-hmm. They don't look like they're being used. I don't used. know how they found the building. <laughs> it's just like the last place that she was, and then they just like go in, and we don't find out what the building was, how they if they were able to go in there easily or not. They're just there. But they split yeah. up, and Detective Diana turns around, and Claire is just there. Sam runs down, but Claire is gone, and Diana like walks to where Claire was, and Sam pulls the shelf away from a window with one hand, because he's strong. <laughs> yep. And there's lettering on the window that says, Ashland stuff something. I like paused. It's like backwards and not on the window anymore. It's like all scratched off. It was hard. I was really wanted to see what the full word was. Maybe it was super. Maybe. I thought it was supposed to say supplies, but it I don't It could say supplies. It could say supermarket. I saw that. Yeah. Maybe it was supplies. That I'm sounds sure. right. Yeah. <laughs> it, on IMDb, it says it was yeah. supposed to say supplies. Interesting, because it really did look like there was an M in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which there wouldn't be in supplies, but okay, whatever. <laughs> it's not important. Sam looks to where the letters create a shadow on the wall, and this will be a like fun little fact for Meredith. Specifically, I wrote this Ooh. note for you. <laughs> this episode takes place in Baltimore, Maryland, which is the city that Edgar Allan Poe died in. Oh, nice. I mean, sucks for him. Everything sucked for him, but yeah. cool. He obviously wrote all kinds of stories, including the Casca Amontillado? Amontillado. Amontillado. I was like, I knew I was pronouncing too many L's. <laughs> <laughs> where a man is buried alive in a wall, and obviously like the telltale heart, where the narrators killed a man and buried him beneath his floorboards, but the guilt drives him to madness. Edgar Allan Poe, uh, things behind, people buried behind walls. It's a fun reference. Oh, it's a very fun reference. Also maybe like a fun reference to Buffy again, because in the Buffy spinoff Angel, Cordelia, her apartment is haunted because a man, her apartment is double haunted, first by a man whose mother buried him in a wall, so he wouldn't marry someone she disapproved of, and then by the mother. And so they exercise, like they banish the mother's spirit from the house, and they, she just like hangs out with the phantom of the son. His name's Phantom Dennis, and he's a great roommate. <laughs> I love that. You know, there's that actually another. So yes. <laughs> there's actually another Edgar Allan Poe story where someone's buried behind a wall. It's the Black Cat. Wow. Right, right. I forgot about that. You know way more Edgar Allan Poe than I do. I don't even know that much. Sam uses the EMF meter and it goes nuts. So he smashes through the wall, uncovering Claire Becker's body. Sam is unbothered by digging up a course, but he is confused as to why Claire led them to her remains because that's not what ghosts usually do. Mm-hmm. Claire is tied up matching the bruises on Detective Diana's wrist. And Detective Diana notices that Claire has a necklace on and she tells Sam it's a rare custom made from a shop on Carson Street and that she has an identical one gifted to her by Pete. A light bulb goes off for Sam. Claire isn't a vengeful spirit. She's a death omen. Pete is a killer. And Claire is appearing to people that Pete is going to come after trying to warn them because she wants justice. Mm-hmm. She deserves it. She really does, yeah. honestly. Uh, Claire was like victimized by Pete so badly. Mm-hmm. Detective Diana says, about a year ago, some heroin went missing from lockup and they never knew who did it, but whoever did it would need someone to sell their drugs for them. And Claire was a heroin dealer or at least a heroin user. She was arrested for possession, so it's unclear how much she was possessing at the time. Sam Mm -hmm. did not mention that she was charged for any distribution charges, but let's just assume that she was going to sell the heroin. Meanwhile, Dean is in a police van being driven by Pete under the guise that Dean is being extradited to St. Louis for the murders that he's accused of there. But Dean knows that a detective doing a transfer with no backup on his own 800 miles at 2 in the morning is not protocol. He's like, I don't know a lot about being a cop, but I know that this is incorrect. (laughs) This feels shady. He's like, I've pretended to be a cop enough times that I know that this is wrong. (laughs) Not telling you how I got this knowledge. (laughs) I like the way the dean knows he's about to be murdered and the entire time he's just making jokes in the backseat of a van. Literally, he does not shut up the entire time. He is like making jokes left and right. Detective Dan is driving because Sam's not the main character this week and also because <laughs> Baby is at the precinct. Also, he's got a broken hand. I mean, you can drive with a broken arm. It's probably not like advised, but it's not like the worst other than a yeah. broken leg. I feel like if, if someone else is able to drive though, maybe let them do it. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Also, someone 
who knows the area yeah. better than you. Mm-hmm. That too. However, Detective Diana is driving while talking on the phone, which is distracted driving. But anyway, she gets some <laughs> some news while she's on the phone from the precinct, who are all very concerned because Pete won't answer his radio and he just took Dean with no real explanation or reason. Sam's like, well, if he took a county like van, then just turn the low jack on. That's literally what you paid for the low jack for. Literally. And like, it's, <laughs> it's dumb to take a county vehicle knowing it has low jack, but I also would not risk putting myself into a vehicle without a division between myself and the dean winchester <laughs> like it's dumb because like low jack yeah. but like also like if you just like put dean in a regular car like you're gonna end up dead mm-hmm. he has <laughs> his ways <laughs> pete stops on the side of the road and dean suggests that pete get his prostate checked which made me realize that the i don't know what the prostate does <laughs> i know it exists i know where it is on an anatomy diagram <laughs> but I, I know that it gets cancer yeah <laughs> it's it's a joke about peeing frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, if you're I... peeing frequently, you need to get your prostate checked. Yeah, I was like, Thank I you. think I have to give it a gook and figure out what the like correlation is. <laughs> um, but I did give it a gook. <laughs> you can give it a gook if you need to. But yeah, uh, if you are peeing a lot, you should definitely get your prostate checked. Prostate health is like literally like a serious concern, and I can't believe Very I didn't. Important. I can't believe I didn't know what it did. I feel like silly. I always see. I always see videos <laughs> where like we make fun of like cis men for not knowing like how like a period works, but like I don't know what a prostate does. So exactly. Well, now you know. Now I do. I educated myself. Dean is like, I'm in big trouble. Pete is like hauling him out of the van and like tells him he's gonna die trying to escape and Dean's like trying to stall and luckily he doesn't have to do that for very long because it was not working. But Detective Diana and Sam have arrived. Yay! Pete says Claire was gonna turn him in for stealing the heroin (laughs) and Tony helped launder the money that they got for the heroin that Pete stole. And Pete was pretty sure that Karen knew everything so he was just killed her too for funsies. So Karen obviously didn't know anything about what happened so she just died for no reason. Poor Karen. Because Pete's a jerk. Dean and Sam are exchanging looks as all of his information is like new to Dean and Dean's like hearing it all for the first time. He's like, heroin? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Dean also is like, Pete is not gonna let me go. And Pete's like, it's perfect. We'll pin the murders on Dean and no one but them is ever gonna know. And Diana's like, good plan, but I'm just gonna shoot you. So she shoots Pete. You know, you know- <laughs> <laughs> she gets stuff done. Yeah. You know what? insane about that he could have just left dean in the precinct and let him go down for the murders literally. he didn't have to drive <laughs> him out and kill him for no reason literally oh my there gosh, was no Pete. reason not only are you a criminal but you're a bad criminal also like <laughs> yeah <laughs> detective diana had like no reason to suspect Pete at all and he like claire still appeared to her like he was gonna mm-hmm. kill detective diana for something unrelated probably <laughs> He's just a stupid man. He's just the worst. Like, why was he gonna kill Diana? Like, she was very clearly, like, in danger of dying. Yeah. Like, the death omen appeared to her. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Pete, you're so stupid. Literally. Pete, that tackles Diana. He literally could have gotten away with it. Literally, if he just, like, (laughs) sat quietly. And it would have gotten away with it, too, if if it weren't for my meddling stupidity. He would (laughs) have... Because, like, even if Dean didn't go down for the murders, if you try Dean for the murders and he, like, you can just say, like, he he did it, but, like, the case fell apart in court, like... <laughs> at the crime scene with blood on his hands. He mm-hmm. he could have just let him go down for it. He didn't have to try and kill him Literally. You did this to yourself, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Pete tackles Diana, takes his gun back, Claire appears, and this time she is feeling a little bit vengeful, distracting Pete long enough that Detective Diana gets her gun back out and kills Pete. You know what? She's pretty distracting. She is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a good distraction. Detective Diana says that Pete confessed his crimes to her and mismanaged both their cases, which means she could probably get their charges in Baltimore thrown out, which, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch for the murder case, but okay. She says she can do it. The look that Claire was giving Pete is just awesome. Yeah, but there's nothing she can do about the St. Louis murders, so she's like, I'll just turn my back. You guys escape. She also is like, people are gonna be looking for you, and you should not go and pick up baby from the impound yard. But of course, they're going to go pick up Baby from the impound yard. And then as they're walking away, Sam and Dean agree that Detective Jane is like a pretty nice lady for a cop. And Dean's like, she looks familiar. He's craving pea soup, which is obviously an exorcist reverence. (laughs) But I love it. I was a fan. I think it's so funny. Mm -hmm. And that is how the episode ends. We don't see them go get 
baby back, but baby's back next episode, so we just assume that they're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Dean's not going to just leave his car at the end. Oh, point. never. Of just leave not. her in Baltimore somewhere with a bunch of strangers? Absolutely never. not. <laughs> She's one of the main characters. Literally. Mm-hmm. Baby he and the green cooler. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. So it's on to our weekly segments and panels. Let's start with the death count. This week we saw two deaths, Karen and Pete, bringing the on-screen total to 162. And the on and off-screen total for this episode was four. So that brings the on and off-screen total to 953 plus. And I feel like I said on and off-screen total too many times. Editing KJ will fix it though. (laughs) Yes, editing KJ knows their stuff. We also tried to assign MVP of the week. So let's see who everybody would like to nominate for this week's most valuable person. Let's start with Meredith. I'm going to give it to Claire. She was working hard. That's fair. Yeah. I have to agree. Claire, yeah. okay. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Claire okay. was doing all the work. <laughs> she, like, yeah. led them to the whole, like, thing. The Winchesters always get it, but, like, Claire. I was going to give it to Detective Diana, so that's cool, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Oh, that, too. She was really mm-hmm. good, too. Winchesters, who needs them this week? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, Sam was kind of helpful. Dean, everybody ha- was helpful this week. Like, Dean did the anagram, and Sam did, like, the salting and the burning and the body, and like, discovery. You know, even Pete was helpful by being such an idiot. <laughs> Going out of his Dean way. Dean didn't really have much of a chance to be super helpful, but... <laughs> he contributed mm-hmm. where he could. He provided a distraction, and he solved the yeah, anagram. Exactly. So, he did good. He helped as much Everyone as he was could, doing their best. for sure. Next, the show is Sophie Woman. Let's put it to the Bechdel test. Did we have two named women in this episode? We did. We had Detective yes. Diana, and we had Claire. And we had Karen, also. Yeah. Did they talk to one another? Yes, technically. Claire I had an unfortunate... So. A disability because her throat was slit but yeah she tried to speak yeah i, I it wasn't almost... much of a conversation but yeah <laughs> what's it about something other than a man i eh, i don't know i feel like death omen because pete like that's kind of about a man but if if yeah. we can say it it wasn't then i support it i'm gonna i think i'm gonna do a quick reference check and see what uh abigail said on their podcast <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that'll be my decision making <laughs> method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and KJ will say what decision we came to on that. <laughs> Stay tuned. So Trevor Fix the Podcast said it didn't pass the Bechdel test, so we're going to say that's a no. It did not pass the Bechdel test. This week's case of the week was a ghost, but I would argue Pete. <laughs> Pete was the monster. Yeah, Pete was the case. But Meredith, um, did you have anything for mythology this week? I wanted to do a lot of stuff on like ghosts trying to communicate. I didn't get the chance to research, but I have like a couple bullet points. Yeah, we'll take a few bullet points. They're not organized, so bear with me. I hope you guys enjoyed all the seance stuff from our last recap, because that's pretty much all that's going through my head these days. (laughs) Seances are a way to communicate with the dead. The funny thing about communicating with the dead is that it's usually initiated by the living. Yeah, we do seem to want to do that a lot. So seances rose to popularity in the 19th century during the spiritualist movement. The goal was to communicate with the spirit world, and uh, the medium acted as a link between the two worlds. The spirit communicated through her, so she would be like writing things down or speaking or things like that. One really common way of communicating with spirits is actually through knocking. So the spirits would be the ones doing the knocking. You would like establish a code or whatever, just see how that works out. Claire wasn't knocking. Claire was very bold. I'm very proud of her. Yeah, she figured out how to use a printer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of living people can't figure out how to use a printer. <laughs> that is true. You could also say that, like, pretty much any haunting is just a ghost trying to communicate. If a ghost is being obvious enough for you to detect its presence, then it's probably not an accident. Sometimes the message is, get out or I will kill you. But, like, that's a commu- <laughs> that's communication. And, uh, yeah, that's what I have this week. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Did anyone have anything else that they wanted to add to the mythology section? Nope. Nope. Okay. That's cool. No. <laughs> I don't have anything either, but I just yeah. wanted to give the opportunity to speak. <laughs> let's do highlight and low light. And let's start with Rivera. So highlight of the whole episode? I don't know. I think it would be the line Dean said in front of the camera. It's just <laughs> gives me so much joy every time. <laughs> it is pretty good. I can't watch right. it without getting excited. I swear to God. <laughs> there is like a level of anticipation for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. It delivered. It delivered. Jensen Ackles delivered. And then do you have like a low light? I don't know. (laughs) That's okay. I forgot to write one down. You don't have that one. I wrote down a highlight, which is (laughs) concerning. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a like a maximum prep effort, honestly, if you like took the time to write it down. Moya, did you have a highlight no low light? Oh, I'm not even sure. I really love this episode. I <laughs> when I went to find it this morning, I was so excited that it was this episode. But probably when we like figure out that Claire's not a vengeful spirit, but like just trying to be a death omen and tell people i really loved that it was yeah great. yeah it was good for <laughs> it was good to claire like she was like claire was a victim mm-hmm. of like a horrible person and a horrible yeah. crime but like she was trying to like get justice for herself yeah she got to watch him die yes she did mm-hmm. <laughs> Mari, you didn't do a low light <laughs> i don't think i have one for this week that's okay yeah I really like this episode. Back to Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Highlight, like, I as I mentioned earlier, I love watching the Winchesters from, like, an outside perspective, because I just think it's really fun. Uh-huh. Low light, I'm having trouble thinking of one, too. You know, maybe just, like, the whole romance between Linda Blair... Di- Diana, there we go, and, and, and Pete. I'm not saying that it was a bad decision on the part of the writers, just that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it made yeah, sense, like, for the narrative of the episode, like, for, like, the necklaces thing to, like, come into play. Yeah. Which but... also, like, implies that Pete and Claire were, like, romantically involved, too. Like, he was manipulating mm-hmm. her. Like, she wasn't just selling heroin for him just because, like... Yeah. Yeah. They were, like, romantically involved. That was my low light as well. Mm-hmm. Just, like, office romances, especially in policing. I think being romantically involved complicates the, like, dependency of your whole team on you to have your back. I don't think that they... I think if you're gonna be romantically involved, you sh- at least shouldn't be allowed to be partners. Like, That's okay, like, if you're gonna yeah. date another cop, like, you at least should be separated as partners. That doesn't feel smart. Uh, that's a little bit sure. hypocritical. I love Jake and Amy on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Bones and Boo. <laughs> However, Pete's a dirty cop oh. and a murderer, so he can go to hell. <laughs> yeah. He probably will. The next segment is called CPS, which is times an adult should be calling CPS. I don't think I have anything for this this week. Does anyone else have anything? Not really. I don't think there were really any, like, kids in this episode. No. Yeah. It's a little bit concerning that Jean- Sam and Jean do have a code word for being separated that they were just, like, grown up with, but they could have come up with that as adults so i'm not gonna automatically i mean we can blame john anyways but (laughs) oh yeah we can do that i mean i doubt it because john (laughs) was the worst but (laughs) Uh he also didn't want them to get caught though yeah on to mental health check i'm not a psychologist so this segment is based purely on my own opinions and a weekly reminder that if you're struggling with anything at all please reach out for help this week was like fine mostly regarding mental health i think i think diana's gonna need therapy but the winchesters seem like they're doing as okay as they can be gene was a the boys were both a little bit cavalier about like the arrest but like they're Mm -hmm. also like the kings of fake it till you make it i think dean could have been slightly more concerned about the like threat of the death penalty but like he was also pretty sure he was getting out of this so i don't think he was that worried they face death on a pretty regular basis Mm -hmm. i just think you know a little concern would be nice just to be just to make it clear to me that you still want to be alive (laughs) (laughs) but like like, it (laughs) trapped concern but in private like just a little bit like it tracks for dean's character because anytime something goes wrong dean's like what if i just died yeah that's his solution to anything ever literally i'm not that surprised Mm -hmm. literally that's it what if i just died yeah that's pretty deep i was also just like working on the assumption that he was planning to like escape prison before the death penalty even if he did get arrested yeah like, wow, that's terrible. It's not going to impact my escape plan at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> I have to get maximum security versus death row. I mean, I guess I'll just have to try a little bit harder. <laughs> we all know that even if I do get the death penalty, it's not going to stick. Literally. <laughs> Not on this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never on this show. Our next segment is soul transactions, which there was none, which brings us to Sam's traumatic brain injury. Sam stayed conscious for the second week in a row. Good job, buddy. This is the first time we had two weeks in a row since, like, the season started. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we've been doing every other week. Sam's been unconscious two him, in a row for honestly. the first time. Um, also, he committed some feats of strength with his one good arm. Like, he ripped a whole bookshelf over. Yeah. He climbed out a second floor window with one good arm. Feats of strength and consciousness. Good job bud <laughs> it's very attractive actually 
our next segment is a recommended rating. So um, just whatever you guys want to rate this episode. Could be out of five, could be out of ten, could be out of stars, could be out of some made-up measurement. Let's start with uh, let's start with Moira. Honestly, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. I think this might be going on my one of my favorite lists. I'm glad that you liked this one so much. Yeah, I'm so glad that you liked this one so much. (laughs) I really liked it. Meredith, how about you? Considering everyone had so much trouble finding a low light, yeah, I'll give it a 10 too. Wow, I'm impressed. (laughs) Uh, Rivera, how about you? Probably like a 9 out of 10, just because it's not like one of my favorite episodes, but it's still like really good. Yeah, it's a really good episode. I don't think I'm going to give it a 10 um, yeah. when I do my rating, but it's definitely good. It's definitely going to be high on the list. It's definitely not like a 6. <laughs> it's definitely more yeah. like the 8 to 10 range for sure. I don't think I've had a 10 yet in the first, this point in season 2 and like season 1. I have not had a 10. I've had like a 9.5, but I haven't had a 10 yet. So that's, that's pretty good. good. Anyway, to finish off this week's episode, we have Line of the Week. Let's start with Meredith. I liked their little argument about who's Scully and who's Mulder. <laughs> that was pretty good. Rivera, how about you? I kind of already said it, but like... Yeah, yeah, like Dean in front of the camera. So good, honestly. <laughs> With that, I'm mm-hmm. an Aquarius. <laughs> it's just, ugh. And Moira, how about you? Did you have a line of the week? Yeah, no, I can't find it, but okay. it's all good. Yeah, I really just liked every, like, little reference that they had. There was, there was so, just many so many in this episode. Yeah. My line of the week was, man, for some reason I could really go for some pea soup. I was about to say, like, you could just pick <laughs> the pea soup line. Yes. <laughs> pea soup line is always a safe bet. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Also, I kind of want pea soup now. Not gonna lie. <laughs> it's the power of Linda. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for this week. So my guests are gonna do their little sign-offs. Let's start with Meredith. I am Shades of Dayanira on Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok. And if you go there, you'll see lots of really cool drawings for the fantasy novel I'm writing. Amazing. And Rivera, if people wanna find you, like where can they find you? Um on TikTok at Demon's D de- Demon Dean's bitch. <laughs> underscore after each word. Amazing. Yeah, and you post some, like, great videos there, so <laughs> people should definitely... I post pretty frequently. Yeah, you do, and they're all excellent. <laughs> Rivera has actually changed their TikTok handle, and they are now at Canonically Gay Blackbeard. And Moira, where can people find you? You can find me at Moira underscore Frisk on everything. I don't post a lot of things, but I'm there. You are there. <laughs> she interacts yeah. with a lot of things. It's very <laughs> yeah. appreciated. And next week, we are covering Season 2, Episode Crossroad Blues with Meredith, Abigail, and Jen. So that's fun. I actually did notes for that one. <laughs> yeah, we already <laughs> recorded it and it was great. So tune in for that. I've been KJ. You can find me on all social media platforms at Life Messes of KJ. Except for TikTok, where you can now find me at SPN Opinions KJ. If you want to be on the podcast, you can either reach out to me there or you can reach out through the podcast social media. You can email the podcast. Our email address is supernaturalopinionspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at SPN Opinions Pod. We are Supernatural Opinions Podcast on Facebook and at Supernatural Opinions Pod on Instagram. And if you could subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, Podcast. that really helps people to find us and if you want to hear more of me and my thoughts you can check out my other podcast series of opinions available on all the same places as this one this podcast was written recorded produced and edited by me thank you to faith ebert for our logo our theme song is by joe Ferretta. thank you once again to all of our amazing guests Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.